Hello and welcome to the Advisor Insights. Um, my name is Brendan Logue, Director of Talent with the Advisory Board Centre. Today, I'm delighted to introduce Cynthia Payne. Welcome, Cynthia. Oh, thank you for having me, Brendan, and hello, everyone. Uh, Cynthia's day job is as the founder and managing director of Anchor Excellence, and I'll let her speak to that in a moment. She's also a certified chair, a speaker, a coach, a yogi, and a, and a mindfulness practitioner. So plenty to unpack there. But I, I thought, Cynthia, for the sake of um, brevity and the fact that the time that we'd allocated for this conversation, it's worthwhile if we can focus on one of those interests I hope to focus on the aged care sector, obviously, and the reform that that has, has come about in that space that requires um, some changes to the sector. Um, so uh, maybe as a nice starting point, for context's sake, would you mind explaining a little bit about your background, uh, mm. your practice, and your interests in the aged care sector here in Australia? Yeah, thanks, Brendan. Um, so for, for our listeners, um, I founded Anchor Excellence in 2018, and that really came off the back of, you know, a 20-odd, 25-odd year career as an executive working in the aged care sector. So I had um, been leading a fabulous organisation as CEO for nearly 16 years and, you know, asked myself the question, what did I want to be when I grow up? And I decided that actually starting a consulting practice was, you know, my way of, I guess, giving giving back and using my skills in a, in a different way. Now, as it happened, this was before the Royal Commission into Quality and Safety was actually announced. So some would say that was just fortuitous and, and, and I think in some part it was. Um, and so I guess... Anchor Excellence, what are we? We're a team of 22. So in in um, in four short years, we're about to celebrate our fourth birthday. We are a national provider of professional services around the country. And I think it would be fair to say, Brendan, we support leaders at the governing level as well as at the executive and the management level, and we have a range of programs. I think the one that we're probably the most famous for, if I can use that language, is in the compliance space because it would be fair to say that the landscape for the aged care sector since the Royal Commission into Quality and Safety, we've seen the reform agenda really bringing a very strong focus to compliance. In fact, um, for those people who are not part of the aged care industry, um, wouldn't necessarily know that this has also been the greatest period of compliance activity by the regulator. So we saw some fundamental changes as part of the reform flowing from that Royal Commission into Quality and Safety. And that that reform train, if I can use that analogy, is still chugging along. And I think this is where the advisory board centre and aged care advisory boards become very important because they are connected now to the um, the reform agenda. So um, nurse originally, I wouldn't claim myself as a nurse today, um, but that's the foundations of my background with a long executive career and particularly passionate about um, supporting organisations in their transformation and particularly um, the alignment to customer need and um, value propositions. And so I will just say outside of the best practice model for the certified chair program, our meta frame as a business is the Australian Business Excellence Framework. And for people who are familiar with that framework, leadership is a driver, so governing, leadership, management, 
must be mapped and aligned with the drivers coming from customer. In this case, for an aged care provider, it's not just older people, it's their family members and it's the broader ecosystem of the regulatory environment. When we map those drivers using the business excellence framework, that's when we support our clients to move through transformation into um, ultimately to sustainability. Thank you, Cynthia. It's it's interesting to hear, you know, terms such as drivers when you're talking about, you know, shifting change within uh, an individual organisation or sector uh, mm. because it does, at the end of the day, still come down to individuals choosing yes. to act in a particular way. Um, if I can take you uh, back to to the, the the sort of the the highest level, um, what are your thoughts on the opportunities? and risks presented by the various obligations which the aged care reform guidance has handed down, if I may. Yeah. So the first thing I would say, Brendan, that the aged care landscape is enormously complex. So for governing bodies and persons, so in this case board members or members of advisory bodies, the complexity of what it means to be an approved provider today in Australia is definitely more complicated. And if I look at the latest reform bill, there's quite a lot coming in further um, complexity for aged care organisations. So outside of um, we're just honing in on quality care advisory bodies and um, consumer advisory bodies, there's a whole lot of other stuff that's actually coming. So organisations are needing to really uplift their understanding of what good governance is and good governance and customer stakeholder engagement go together. And I think that's a really important element of what we're seeing in this reform agenda. So for the very first time, and I think this is the case for any sector, Brendan, advisory bodies have been embedded into the legislation as part of best practice and really expecting approved providers to put in place these requirements. And this is a first, I think, for any sector. So I actually think there's a real positive here because I think we know that organisations that are led from the top and obviously the governing body is the ultimate accountable um, you know, group of people, uh, team, if you want to use that language, that are oversighting the organisation. And so I think what's pretty clear is from the Royal Commission, the voice of consumers and how organisations can bring that voice properly to the table will um, clearly benefit approved providers, but it will also have quite a driving change. That comes with risk and opportunity. So the opportunity, I think, is we see an aged care system around Australia become more in tune with the needs and preferences of consumers and their organisations not just being driven by the regulatory levers but really leveraging that stakeholder value proposition better than what they've done in the past. And I think that's an important change in gear that I think needs to happen. But the risks is if we don't fully understand the role and purpose of an advisory body, we run the risk of not getting it quite right. So I want to kind of really call out, Brendan, a a quality care advisory body is not the clinical governance subcommittee. So if we think about governing 
and that accountability of um, mm. executing strategy, that role is probably the subcommittee of the board. But as we know, with advisory bodies and boards, they're, they're different. They have a different terms of reference and the way that they're constructed can really add value to the governing boards, if that makes sense. So what we want to make sure, I think, at the outset, Brendan, is everybody getting an understanding. I think this is where the Advisory Board Centre and the Certified Chair Program and, and the work in, in, I guess, creating a specialisation for aged care certified um, chairs really can support the industry on that journey of transformation and really coming to best practice much quicker around what actually is an advisory body. How do you put them together and how can you work with this element of best practice and get the outcome much, much quicker? Downside, if you tackle it, I think, from the wrong perspective, you might not get the outcome that you hope. And I think that, that is, um, that's kind of an important piece right now is helping uplift the understanding of what actually is an advisory board. So if I just, Brendan, with your permission, kind of Please. Go, go to the legislation because I think it's really important. I'm actually going to be looking at my second screen here. So it's really important when we look at the term advisory bodies, there are some musts that have been built into the legislation. The approved provider must establish and continue in existence a body called the Quality Care Advisory Body. It's required to meet at least every six months and it should be giving the governing body a written report about the quality of the aged care provided. Now, if you're a governing body, you'll be going to think, geez, what actually is this organisation? How am I going to set it up with its mix of members, its charter? How will I get that set up in a way that we get a good outcome, um, not only for the organisation, but for the consumers of our organisation? And I think this is um, this is where the advisory board centre is very well placed because we know that we've got the tools there ready to go. Um, on the consumer advisory body, it's a little bit different. The approved provider must offer at least every 12 months care recipients and their representatives the opportunity to establish one or more advisory bodies, the consumer advisory body. Now, we know through best practice there will be elements where some consumers may not be able to participate. So yeah. having a proactive way of engaging with a consumer voice, I think is, again, the real opportunity, but to underestimate the importance of how you structure that. An approved provider could be a small approved provider or even a large one could end up a little bit caught up in, you know, some confusion about perceptions about what is the role of the advisory body. And of course, it's not being the governing body. So we want to make sure that we get those kind of foundations right pretty quickly. I think an important distinction that you've highlighted there that's worth re-emphasizing is the uh, an advisory board or an advisory body is a thinking system that supports the governance board or the executive. Yep. Whereas, you know, a subcommittee 
of the governance board is is really delegated responsibilities for decision making and i think there's an important distinction yeah. to be made there so that for those on the governance board they're not being replaced they're simply yes. provided with tapping into a set of resources for whom these people are uniquely well placed to support them with yeah. getting the most out of this supplementary thinking system so that when they're offered an opportunity to make a decision perhaps a it's a better informed decision, um, and and I to you know to pull on another string there that you've mentioned. My thinking through and and having been involved with nearly a thousand advisory boards in establishment, the risk is if not done well, they just become a talk fest, and in particular the the customer, yes. you know, the consumer advisory board. There is a huge risk there that. Those who put up their hands are just the loudest amongst the crew or or the group, and and you know trying to uh, um, yes in, influence or or work as an activist to achieve their end, which is and, certainly not the purpose here. And it's not another form of a complaints management conduit. I think it's <laughs> really made well there, Brendan, because part of that engagement with these um, these bodies is you know, creating a great voice of feedback and really helping um, not only the executive but the governing body to really understand a different perspective. And I think that's Mm. what is the the, the great opportunity um, that can be explored here and being supported with the right tools. And I think think that's the thing that... um, I like to emphasise, uh, you know, I'm very structured. Um, we've just been doing team management systems profiling and and anybody who's done that kind of a profiling, you kind of get an appreciation of where you're at on a, on a continuum. And I am a very structured person. And I think for organisations, when you're getting governing and engagement right, you do need good structures to start things off. If you start with just a, a blank page, goodness knows where you end up. And I think that's, again, the opportunity. And anyone who's undertaken the Certified Chair Program has a deep understanding of the toolkit that's available to really set up the mix of um, not only the um, advisory board but also getting the right mechanisms in place, really putting in place um, the tools and the structures that will actually get the outcome, which I think is the intention of the legislation. So the mm-hmm. legislation will always go to some specific inputs, but at the end of the day, there's an outcome of intention that the legislation is hoping to achieve. That's the whole point of a reform agenda is to create an outcome. What's the outcome that's trying to be created here? And this is a more sophisticated aged care industry that is enhancing its governance, but it's also coming into a best practice framework of how it co-designs and engages not only its quality care, so the lived experience of the people that you're serving, but also that consumer broader, what is it important for preferences and needs um, and aspirations that the organisation can assist with. I think it's a huge and most important point to emphasise. You know, it's about impact on people's lives at the end of the day, and and you know, for for some of those the truly most vulnerable amongst us. So so I think if if done well, the the point of advisory boards is to shift the needle 
rather yeah. than have the same, you know, five yeah. years that have just been had. Yeah. And and I yeah. think it's it's fit for purpose, can, you know, uh, and and believe that it's uh, I agree with you and I believe it's it's the right structure for um the intent behind not enforcement but on uh, let's let's go on a journey together um which is which is a nice uh, perhaps segue to to get a sense of um what motivated you to uh, get involved with this sector to begin with and and in invest in an understanding of uh best fit as it related to to advisory boards and and the advisory board center community that you're you're now uh, a big part of so i've always worked so in my previous career as a ceo i've worked with an advisory board so as a ceo in a privately held um, business, I understood the value of what an advisory board. I am also an advisory board member. So, for example, a large national construction company, um, Total Construction, I am a member of the advisory board. And so I realized that I came across, for example, the advisory board centre. I was alert to the reform agenda. And when I saw the opportunity that there was a credentialing of what it meant to be a certified chair. And when I investigated it, it made sense to me because we we anchor excellence. We, we're about embedding excellence. So we talk about validated approaches. We're not just coming at it from a um, fluid perspective. We want to use evidence-based best practice in our practice. So I make the reference to the Australian Business Excellence Framework, um, the Aged Care Standards we're advocates of helping providers to really understand the legislative framework that they operate in, but we also want to use really robust frameworks. So my own board chair is a certified chair. So we had the conversation about the program. He talked about how it was um, very beneficial. I then investigated it and signed on. We now have in Anchor Excellence four members of our team who are certified chairs because part of our whole remit as an organisation is we are leaders enabling leaders. We're very specific that our remit is working nationally with aged care providers and our client mix is from the very largest to little standalone community-based called communities, those with a, um, you know, a diverse community that they're, they're caring for. We knew that this legislative change was coming through and we want to be part of the solution. We want to be able to be able to offer validated um, frameworks. So as a team, we've committed to using best practice in the work that we do. So there was a natural fit, Brendan. I think when I met with Louise, had the interviews, and obviously people who go through the certified chair program know you need to go through a screening process. It's not just an open course that you um, simply just register and, and you run along to. There's quite a there's quite a bit more to it. And then of course, after attending the program, I could see the vision impact of how this would need to be contextualised for the aged care sector. So very pleasingly, Louise created the Aged Care Project Board, which I got the benefit of being a member of with some other amazing certified chairs. And together we've supported the Advisory Board Centre to have those tools ready to go for these legislative changes. So what I love about that is 
you know, the organisation, I've had an influencing factor in a small way, but we're also helping the aged care industry. And I think that for me, that's that's my purpose. That's me mm. being me. And, um, and so we see the great synergy of the two. So we're really looking forward to, as the reform agenda comes through, my colleagues um, who are certified chairs, being able to support our clients on this journey and, again, using a best practice framework to support them. Why? Because we want them to be getting the best out of the reform agenda but also supporting the best life of the consumers that they're delivering care to. Because at the end of the day, for our team, that's our true north. So whilst we're all leaders and we're all executives, at the end of the day, what brings us together is we care about leaders, we care about supporting their, their capability and the uplift of capacity, but we care about the consumer lived experience. So if we can uplift the two and there's a better outcome, not only for organisations, but the, um, I guess, the brand representation of the aged care industry, then we would love to see that because we're pretty, we're pretty passionate about the great work that goes on in the industry and Brendan, it would be fair to say the public persona of aged care has not been positive. So we want to be proactive in in changing that as well. I think the common thread there is the capacity building, right? At every level, yeah. whether it's an individual, you know, the, the the leaders of these businesses as a collective or the industry as a whole. So um yeah. want to thank you for your time and congratulate you and 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 certainly um would welcome any opportunity to support you on on that uh, effort and crusade and um, looking forward to continue uh, working with you. Cynthia, thanks so much for your time. My pleasure. And thank you so much for having me, Brendan. It's a, it's a, it's a delight. It's been a fun. Thanks, Cynthia.